Welcome to Seymour, podcast about movies and TV. I'm Juan Gonzalez, and we are talking big G-O-T, that is Game of Thrones, which is crazy. I, I find that Game of Thrones is a show that shouldn't appeal to me on like any level, and it always does, and it always finds a way to captivate me. Season in and out, that was a weird sentence. While the excitement is usually coming from the show's staple large-scale action sequences. It's what everybody raves about. That's all you probably hear about. I find that the quieter moments are often more compelling. Again, the stuff that I would have thought is just lousy exposition, jargon, all very boring things, if you would have asked me before watching the show. By now, you probably know about the show that it's a show about nine noble families who fight for control over the mythical lands of Westeros. Super nerdy stuff. It's really just a chess game with supernatural elements and a fantastical yet tangible world. Uh, one in a league of its own and can only be rivaled by maybe the original Lord of the Rings movies, the uh, Peter Jackson ones. At the time of this recording, the final season just started airing. And it isn't a stretch to say that this is already one of the most iconic TV shows of all time both critically and commercially. It's won 314 awards, spanning the Golden Globes, Emmys, BAFTAs, and it's been nominated for over 500. The show's creators are David Benioff and D.B. Wise, and the whole show is based off the George R.R. Martin series. He's writing the books. It also helps that the show has an all-star cast with too many names to mention, or we would definitely go over time. But yeah, it's Game of Thrones. We're going to talk Game of Thrones. We're going to talk everything but the action. And uh, with that, I've got a huge Game of Thrones fan as our guest. And let's just get right to the conversation. As always, no spoilers. We're going to do our best. And our surprise special huge got fan boy is uh joao joao welcome back hey, to the show hello <laughs> you saw it coming ladies and gentlemen <laughs> you already I'm know what back. time it is whether or not you like it man i am so happy to be here genuinely happy to be here yeah you uh, unlike most times i didn't even ask you to do the podcast this time you were just just the in. most excited you've been you were like enough with that nerd <laughs> stuff let's talk about i'll show you nerd <laughs> stuff no but i say you're a huge fan but You've only really, you just watched the series, right? Didn't you just start like a month ago? I think I started it in, I think you already had your podcast when I started it. I think I talked about it one of the episodes. Um, You've mentioned it several times. Yeah. Yeah. I try to definitely shoehorn it in every once in a while. Yeah. But I just, I knew the final season was coming up and, you know, the conversation just looked so much fun. (laughs) <laughs> through the years and i just i hated being left out i just want to get the memes man i just want to understand the jokes it's important so it's like very important and obviously like and i'm joking i obviously know it's incredibly well made incredibly important pop culture but also tv history yeah it's great TV. you know i know that it's become so mainstream in yeah just every way that it possibly could but it really is a great show and they uphold a standard that I feel has only elevated throughout the, what will be, you know, eight seasons. Yeah. And listen, admittedly, this was a daunting episode for me because I'm not a huge fan in that. Like, I didn't read all the books or the lore. It's a lot. There's just a lot going on. All of my friends have. I think you know way more than I do, Joao, especially it's more fresh in 
in your mind, you had just seen it. So we're just going to talk as fans of the TV show, and this is kind of just a celebration of the show, you know, gearing up to the final season. Uh, we had to do an episode. This is, I feel like this is the best time to do one. So episode 10, man, congrats. Oh yeah. Yeah, this, this is, is a big episode. episode. No better way than to talk about Game of Thrones. And, you know, I want to talk as fans who enjoyed the aspects of the show that maybe we thought we wouldn't. And it's all that talking. Yeah. It's a lot of talking on a lot, the show. A lot of it. I can't imagine. I got to look at the scripts for these shows because they're just a bunch of monologues and uh, <laughs> exposition. Yeah. Th- these are things that I didn't think I would enjoy, but it's strangely comforting to watch yeah. these people talk about. It's just a big chess game. Yeah. A little bit of trivia. There is no script. They just improvise the whole thing. Yeah, crazy how yeah. cohesive. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they're the, pros. These are pros. All-star talent. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't mention by name because I felt like if I just mentioned a handful of them, anyone else I left out, I'd be doing them a disservice. Yeah. Although I will mention my boy, Jason Momoa. Boom. Go watch Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jason Momoa. Uh, the guy is just good vibes. Peter Dinklage is in Infinity War as well. That's right. That's coming up. Or Endgame's coming up. Endgame's coming up. Yep. Yeah. He was in Infinity War, though. One of the reasons why these quieter moments and the dialogue works, well, this is kind of an obvious one, but foresight. Yeah. I find that with TV shows or movies that are based off books that haven't yet been finished, there's a lot of filler. Yeah. There's a lot of um, unknown, right? Like you don't know what to emphasize in a runtime because you don't know which threads will be integral to the final product. Right. Fortunately, the creators, David Benioff and D.B. Wise, met with the author, George R.R. R. Martin, and knew exactly where the story was going to go and how it was going to end sometime between the second and the third season. Mm-hmm. So there was some foresight there, and they had direction on how to conceive these thick books. Yeah. and a weird yeah, sentence. That's a great... No, but that's a great point, man. Like, knowing where you're going Rhymes. can help you... <laughs> Yeah, knowing where you're going really helps with making where you are more interesting. And I think, especially watching, binging the show and consuming it all at once and not having to wait between seasons, it's actually fascinating how every single conversation bears importance. Having that foresight and having that clear idea of, you know, everyone's intentions yeah, made for every single conversation that much more gripping. I binged the whole show in, I think it was like two months of nonstop. Which is very impressive. Thank you, man. I mean, the show makes it easy, honestly. It was hard to not watch it. That's a great point because when I think of Game of Thrones and everyone I talk to, they don't want to get into it because it's a very daunting thing and it's all consuming and it takes a lot of... It's a very comforting show to watch. Yeah. Right? It's not a hard thing to watch or grasp. They do a really good job of that with the writing. But anyway. Yeah. I think what I was saying is... Every single conversation bears so much importance, especially if you're if you're binging it and you know you're on season four, but you just watched like you just saw a season one episode maybe like a week before that. All of that stuff is still fresh. So then, when something happens, you can be like, "Oh my god, they talked about this," you know, in season yeah. two or season one, which makes. And then as soon as you realize that, it makes every single conversation you have to pay so much attention, which makes the show extremely riveting. You know. Yeah. Knowing that every single piece of information is integral to the story. Yeah. And as it goes along, and this kind of brings us to the next point where like every conversation is just kind of a chess move. Mm -hmm. 
because you've got these nine different families and they all want the same thing and you know it's going to come down a, you know down to the wire it's almost like watching a sports game kind of yeah it's like oh god please don't run like why isn't Marshawn Lynch at, like why didn't they hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch at the goal line yeah that part of it's incredible because the creators had an interview with uh, Time and they talked about how the show really rejects like the archetypes of heroes and villains that are really a bit tired and every character has a moral ambiguity it's right. really sophisticated that's what they said was like kind of super appealing for a show about dragons you know the moral ground is very gray although it is generally gray i think the collective moral ground is gray i think what makes the writing so so impressive is the fact that from season one to season eight these characters are morally consistent wherever they stand as far as their their morality or their how on the on the scale of good to evil or whatever however you want to categorize they are consistent to their own character throughout and there's growth and there's change but all of that growth and change is gradual yeah and it's logical and you can follow it because it happens through the writing you know yeah the growth is through the chess moves right and how those characters will be perceived, right? A lot of kings, a lot of... It's it's funny, like, the, the show has its own, like, internal po- political, like, the politics of... Yeah. Like, the decisions that they make and the weight that they hold. So, yeah, you know, somebody will do something in season one, and in season three, you'll be like, oh, that was a bad call. Right. It was a bad call. There will like, be, like, you can real trace repercussions. It, yeah, you <laughs> can trace it to... And the show's infamous for... It's not a spoiler that people die over the decisions that they make no matter how small they may seem at the moment and main characters have died because they chose wrong yeah and it's not even like they died because they did something wrong on the battlefield like rarely does that happen that someone dies because they like slipped you know or something or like through an action it's all through a decision yeah, which is which is amazing because the dialogue isn't a means to get to the action. It's almost the other way around. Right. The action is just the manifestation of the dialogue. Yeah. And it's almost like a release where you have like, you know, a lot of We need to break up all this dialogue. Yeah. It's like the opposite of like there's too much action. We got to include some story here. Yeah. It's yeah. And it, honestly though, it's like that's the only moment that's the moment where a lot of the action is to release and almost reset a lot of the tension that's you know built up through the dialogue and as a viewer it's like rewarding because if you've followed along and you're like oh here we go like he chose right he like something's gonna go down you know the beef like you understand the beef and it's deep the beef runs deep (laughs) through these families so you brought up the action and that's something that the show gets a lot of praise for understandably so the action's great yeah there isn't that much of it Right. There isn't that much action in the show. Yeah, you can you can count like if most fans know the main battles, you know. Yeah, there's usually like what one or two per season. Yeah. Like big battles. Yeah. I would think that especially going into the show, I thought that it was just like an action heavy kind of show and the marketing would have I just see these like dragons flying around and like fire everywhere and and it's interesting that those are the beats that are I don't want to say least compelling because some of the best action on screen that I've ever seen 
from any kind of TV show, and a lot of that goes to their budget. Yeah. But yeah, I was surprised at how much I would care about these fictitious, supernatural situations. Situations. Yeah. I think it's important to note that, for example, the first season, barely any action. Yeah. Like barely. Second season, same. I think there was like one or two big battles. There's definitely been more action in the later seasons. And I think that's almost, that's going to happen just as a show gains popularity and the way that people consume the show. And the flow of the show, right? The first season was building blocks, setting all of the characters on their journeys. The following seasons, it's a very slow pace. It's It almost makes sense that the final seasons have more action in this final season, I'm sure. They've already said they've got the biggest, the longest action sequence of any TV show on any medium ever. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's only fitting, right? It's just, We've had so much buildup for so long that like to kind of end on, you know, fireworks makes sense for the show. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note that the way that people consume the show has changed since the first season. Yeah. I think when the when the show first came out, it was on HBO before the age of streaming. People would just like, if you had HBO, if you had a subscription to HBO, you would watch it at home usually. Yeah. But now it's become such a phenomenon that a lot of people watch it at like viewing parties. They watch it at bars that have these viewing parties. And, you know, it's it's worth noting, like there's only so much dialogue that you can watch you know, at a bar full of people. Yeah. And I think that that has been reflected in the way that the action has kind of been ramped up and a lot of the dialogue, you know, has changed in the most recent seasons. But yeah, I just thought that that would be worth noting because I think that that's definitely a strength of the show or has been a strength of the show. And it's it's worth noting when they've, you know, shied away from it recently. Yeah, they're completely off book at this yeah. point. When they could fall back on George R. R. Martin's writing. And the lore and the pace yeah. of the books. You know, what takes seasons to to travel. Yeah. People are doing it overnight in season seven. Yeah. That's not much of a spoiler, right? No. I think, I think yeah, but I think all these things are very natural just because of the the scale and the popularity of the show. But all of that aside, I think especially from season maybe one through five, it was some of the best writing I've ever seen Yeah, in a TV show. Some of the best acting in that writing, like these characters dealt with some really long lines. Yeah. And some really long scenes. Yeah. Those scenes would range from like, you got a letter to we're going to war with, and like the emotional (laughs) range that that would require really put their like acting chops to great use. Uh, Another great point, man. I think these actors made you care about the writing because the writing could be great and the actors could just not bring it to life and no one would be talking about the show. And I guess my last sort of bit on this is we're talking about the action and it feels like a reward for all the fans like sticking around. These last couple of episodes, I imagine the way things have been set up, there's not much else to... Talk about. Talk about. (laughs) Everybody knows what the deal is. (laughs) We're just going to see things go down. And I think that's okay. Like, I think that's fitting for the show. Like, I think that the creators deserve that. The fans deserve that. And like, let's just go out in a blaze of glory and just like see what happens to these characters. Because yeah, what a run. Yeah. 
And I think this season, people are going to consume this season like they did. I remember watching the last season of Breaking Bad in real time. Same. Used to get all the friends together and just watch it and like nobody would say a peep. And then during the commercial breaks, we're just like, oh, yeah. Just like exhale. exhale. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I can't wait, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. One last thing I'll say about the writing. I have never seen a fan base so rabid and so willing to accept what happens on screen. Yeah. 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 As, as truth. Like, yep. People see these characters as real, that they are not fictional characters in, in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. And I think that's also a testament to the writing and the acting. And, and again, like you, you build that bond through, you know, sitting with the characters in quiet moments, not through watching them swing a sword around. So, yeah. And on the other side of that, it's important to praise the fans when the fans are loyal and get it right. Because we, we've seen instances like this on the big screen, you know, the last Jedi was very controversial yeah. for a lot of people, that star Wars movie. And there are fans who don't acknowledge that movie's existence saying yeah. that like who have a problem with how characters acted and don't believe that they would act that way, even though they're in, they're wielding a lightsaber and it's a very fictitious, you, you know, like, like, yeah, a lot of fans were upset that characters in that film didn't act the way they thought fictitious they should. characters <laughs> didn't act. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just nice to see that, you know, whatever happens, the fans kind of have the shows back and yeah. And I think that that goes, it goes both ways. I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, I think that the writing is just so there's such a logical through line through everything that happens. You know, I think, when like anything could happen and fans would accept it because everything leading up to that point makes 100% sense. Yeah. Um, and that's just sound writing and, and, uh, and not to say that, you know, a movie like the last Jedi doesn't have that level of writing. I'm just saying it it's a little both. Bo- it's a little bit of both, you know? Yeah. And fans, it's tough to, it's maybe my fault too. It's tough to compare mediums, right? We've got three years apart with movies. Yeah. In this case, decades since, the previous right. trilogy of Star Wars movies, they can't afford to spend as much time developing these characters. Right. So it's a little different, but the two stark, you know... No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Different reactions from the fan bases are worth acknowledging, acknowledging it. Because sure. these actors who just play these characters don't deserve to get death threats. And that's what right. the cast of... A lot of the cast of The Last Jedi got. Definitely, it's definitely commendable. The fan base of Game of Thrones is some of the most enthusiastic fans and I haven't really seen a lot of toxicity. Not a lot of toxicity at all. Yeah. Um, Which is great and kind of refreshing as as far as like a pop culture fan base goes. So really cool. Yeah. So I think it's nice that we're being rewarded with, you know, this last season. And And if any huge fans of the show listen to this podcast and want to fill me in on all the book lore and the, all the real nerd stuff. Feel free to leave a comment or, or anything at all, because I, I do feel like that fan base is always like educating with like the best of intentions. Yeah, yeah, and it's always cool to learn learn stuff from it when when people are willing to teach it with with open arms. So so if you're thinking about watching the show and like you think it's just going to be very overwhelming, it's not. 
it's it really isn't and it's great because when i started watching it i remember first of all you're you're rarely confused because that's one last thing i'll say the very last thing i'll, I'll say about the yeah. about the writing is you are rarely confused even when they're throwing a bunch of names at you and and, and house this and you know house that and uh it, it's a lot it is a lot of information but the moment you start kind of being confused the show makes sure that it's holding your hand in a very intelligent way, but it, it does a lot of things to really drive these these things home, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's very easy to keep up with. And if you are ever confused, even after watching, again, the fan base will fill you in. Yeah. I remember, you know, my girlfriend, every time I would just be like, wait, who is that? And she'd be like, no, okay, look, that is so-and-so's brother who is married to so-and-so whose cousin is so-and-so yeah, who betrayed so-and-so. Yeah, so, yeah. and yeah, it's great. I also do want to mention that the show smartly throws like a map in our face during every opening credit mm-hmm. to let us know where each family is on Westeros. And uh, is that what it's called, Westeros? Westeros. Yeah, so so visually it's also kind of a chess game and like it's mapping out where everyone is and like yeah. You know, you you kind of know where everyone's going and cuz it's important geography is important. It's like very yeah. in, inherent to the plot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do a little bit of trivia. Still haven't thought of a name. <laughs> that wasn't last week when we were supposed to think of it. Yeah, yeah, still haven't uh I think it's more fun this way. Yeah. I should just call it something different every week. Yeah. What's a nerdy Game of Thrones name I can call? Geo Trivia. Like G-O-T? Oh, okay. I, yeah. Is that... I've been doing that a lot. Is the initial thing a thing in the Game of Thrones I've never community? heard anyone Yeah, I think I'm just G-O-T. trying to make that a thing. <laughs> you know I'm like G- a hack fan. Yeah. When? <laughs> They're like, nobody calls it that. Um, God, it's such a poser. Geo Trivia. We can run through these really quickly. These are pretty fun. Uh, when Jason Momoa first met Amelia Clark. He rugby tackled her to the floor at the Belfast Hotel and yelled, wifey. As Jason Momoa does. That's classic Jason Momoa. This is the first TV show on IMDb to get more than 1 million votes from users. Wow. Huge fan base, both critically and commercially. Now you know where I get these uh, trivia questions from, IMDb. And the last one is, uh, we mentioned Lord of the Rings earlier, a replica of Gandalf's sword, Glamdring, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's the glamdring uh from the lord of the this is the nerdiest episode glamdring from the lord of the rings <laughs> and hobbit trilogies is forged inside the iron throne wow that's Isn't that cool dope that's amazing yeah. that's a cool one that's really cool just gonna do some quick rapid fire questions while i have you yeah so in what ways has the show got changed God. the way you talk Oh man. Around the house specifically. Yeah. I mean, around the house, I'm just, I have this like strange accent. I can't, I don't even have it anymore. Like as soon as I finished the show, it went away. But the way I talked and the way I thought was very much, it was super proper. Like I, I remember just being like, I shall get a glass of water now. Just super yeah. casually. And uh, I'd call my girlfriend. I would just think of her as m- my lady. And it's a good uh, one. It was crazy. It was like deeply embedded in me while I was binging it. Yeah. It does that. It's all encompassing. The second question is, what are you most excited to see in the final season? This is kind of a... I'm excited to see everyone together, which hasn't happened since yeah. like, the first episode of the series. 
I'm also just, I'm excited to see the budget in action too, you know? Bigger than ever. Yeah. The show creators actually said that the perception that they had a blank check, that's never been the case. The budget has gradually increased and it's very calculated. They've never had like a blank check. So credit to them and how they distribute yeah. the finances of that show. So like I was very impressed when I found that out. Yeah, because I know they have to pay the actors like oh, half yeah. a mil an episode. So pay I the can, talent. Yeah. Gotta pay your talent. And the last question is, which Game of Thrones character are you? Am I? Or do these can I? Be or is my favorite? Both. Okay. And this character doesn't have to be, just for spoiler's sake, doesn't have to be alive. This okay. can be a character that has passed. Okay. I mean, am I? See, that's the thing. I don't know if I would want to be anyone on Game of Thrones. No, oh, no, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Sam? The oh, the book smart guy. The, the book guy. Yeah. The guy who's always, yeah. Yeah, the book guy. Yeah. That's he'll be, all he'll be safe when it's all said and Let's done. hope. I hope so. <laughs> Just because he's like the most boring too. But he never really has to fight anyone, which is nice. I would be Daenerys. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. She has to deal with a lot of shit. The most disgusting sexism on an on an episode to episode basis yeah i you know this is the one time ever in my life that i think i'll say this that i would rather not be jason momoa okay my favorite character yeah i would say jamie jamie's awesome Tyrion. worth noting they go through very great character arcs yeah probably some of the most unique on the show yeah Yeah, definitely like two of the most interesting and complex characters on the show. Jamie and Tyrion. Good answers. Yeah. All right. This was a long time coming. I'm just glad that we got to gush about it. We got to give love to the less visually compelling elements of the show because when the show gets that right on such a micro level, then it just... It bleeds. It bleeds on. It trickles through, you know. If they can get a conversation right, then a massive battle scene isn't that hard to know. And the heart is in the writing. It's what makes us care about the massive battle scenes. Right. And and that's with everything. But I think the show does it arguably better than any other show right now. Yeah. It's got the stats to prove it. Yep. It's got the fans to prove it. It's killing it. And it's such a cool time that we get to see it end because all things should end eventually. And it's ending on a really high note. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm really proud of us. We went, we got through this without a single spoiler. Yeah, and we, we got through this quickly. This yeah. could have we could have this could have easily been a crazy long episode. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Uh Soft Glass, so S O F T G L A S on everything. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, dude. That was this week's show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. You can hear new episodes of Seymour every week on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And remember, Seymour is just one of many shows that Cesspool has to offer. For more info, visit cesspoolnetwork.com to see our full weekly lineup or follow at Cesspool Network on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Juwan underscore chirps, on Instagram at Juwan underscore snaps, Or follow what I watch on Letterboxd at Juan Gonzalez. See you next week.